Hey everybody, this is the Spongeworthy Podcast. My name is Zach Hillman. And I'm Daryl Williams. And we're joined by the fantabulous Lauren Birdsong. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's finally happening. It's been in the works for a while. And um, we're going to be talking about season five, episodes 18 and 19, The Raincoats. So stick around through the theme song. <laughs> She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge Sponge worthy? The sponge worthy podcast. Sponge worthy. Hey guys, we're back from the episode uh, break. Did you miss us? It was a long one. Um, but you guys, uh, in case you have amnesia, let me just reintroduce our fantabulous guest, Lauren Birdsong. Yay. Yay, hello. I feel like we should have some like tweeting sounds like <laughs> Ooh. that works. Yeah. You can just say that. You can just do that instead of my name. <laughs> we are, we'll get first, it. We'll get it. You'd be our first guest who had like their own sound bite that we assigned mm. to them. Right. <laughs> right. It works for me. Theme song, my own personal theme song. <laughs> it, yeah. it would be a lot easier than like a you know, some weird uh, radio show one where it's like, coming in, like, birds on, birds on, holy free holies. Yeah, you know, all the, all the like, Kevin <laughs> one night only stuff. on the Seinfeld Spongeworthy podcast. It's Lauren Birdsong, Birdsong. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that's um, more than appropriate. Um, I'm thinking Falcons. I'm thinking Seagull. I'm thinking all right. birds. Right. Be appropriate. They're really obnoxious sounding birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like a kill deer and a morning dove, all the all the birds that are in pain apparently is where I'm where my brain is going. <laughs> um, but Lauren, it's so great to have you on. Um, you know, always thought you were like a super funny gal. Um, would you tell us what your experience is with the greatest show about nothing, Seinfeld? Are you super? Oh my fan? gosh, you watched it or what? Where are you? Yeah, from? I mean, I feel like my experience is pretty similar to a lot of people our age. You know, grew up watching it when it was on and watching it again, when it was on reruns, my family had it on when I was in high school. I mean, it got to the point where I needed some space from it. (laughs) Like we watched reruns so often, but it is nice to watch it as an adult. Now it's been a few years since I've like sat down and, and watched it. Um, you know, it's always different to, you relate to different things. Like now I'm close to their age and I'm seeing these problems happening and it's you know i could see how it could cause a little bit of an identity crisis for some people sure yeah uh, not to get off track but like i do that same thing with the simpsons i remember when i would first watch that show i was like younger than bart and i'm like oh yeah i totally get where bart's coming from yeah and now i'm like older than homer and i'm yeah. like oh no <laughs> i don't relate to bart at all yeah <laughs> Well, Daryl's uh, kids uh, all don't know who he is because uh, yeah. so, uh, it's a little different. Uh, hey, I hope they're uh, killing it in uh, their foster home somewhere or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. You know they aren't Daryl. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, in all honesty, uh, you should say, like, you know they don't exist. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'll, you know. Low sperm like, counts run in the pot. Be impregnate someone. Them. That means I have to have sex with them first. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I've dude. watched some uh, Lifetime movies about uh, 
Hey, you're you a know, college grad. You could be a you could be a donor. You could have like that's true. You that's have like, true. As a kids, who knows? <laughs> Let's uh, they're all killing it in the foster yeah in their foster homes or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all killing it in their surrogate mothers' houses. I know they they have like a mom who's like a power lawyer in Chicago, and she's just like kicking ass and taking money. right. Right. Raising your kids better than you ever could, Daryl. Right. And she's wondering, like, why does my kid look like George Costanza at 12? It's so weird. Oh, but male pattern baldness comes from the mother's side. Yeah, Maybe true. they lucked out, Daryl. Maybe they got mm, Let's hope. So you were obviously a big fan, uh, Lauren. Um, do you uh, do you find yourself uh, finding it like uh, problematic or do you watch it with like fond eyes now or do you like think to yourself like oh no <laughs> why is I mean, jerry hooking up with girls so much yeah i mean you know like the problematic things going into it so i'm not like offended by it when i watch it i can still enjoy it and find it funny and all the things i found funny as a kid are still hilarious to me you know all the little comedic bits and kramer's physical comedy and and sure. all of that i think it's so interesting because the thing that i often don't relate to very much is just some of the problems that they have but then that's also on the flip side the thing that I relate to the most depending on what the situation is sometimes I'm like why are you making this such a big deal like you could just live <laughs> your life it's fine it's not yeah. that big of a deal and then other times I'm like oh yeah no this is a big deal for me <laughs> it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things but how dare he eat a Snickers with a knife and fork that's <laughs> right yeah that's a red flag for sure that's yeah. pretty red flag behavior. Not oh, really? Is yeah. it as bad to eat pizza with a fork and knife? Uh, depends on the pizza, I'm going to say. Some pizza is easier to eat with a fork and knife. Like mm. piping hot pizza. Yeah, like a hot, very thin crust pizza. Fork and knife makes sense. Or like or deep like dish deep pizza. Dish. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've, I've only had deep dish like a couple of times in my life. I know birds are a Midwest girl, so you're probably a little more versed in that than we are. Love a good uh, not to get off too off track, but there's a really good uh, Chicago pizza parlor right by your house, uh, Zach. Rances, right? Mm. Uh, not Rances. I was thinking of another place, but Rances is just as good. Um, I always just think if I'm, my name was Rance, I would never put it in the title <laughs> of my pizza. Establishment. It does seem a little weird. Like, don't, Rance don't have it. Pizza. It just ugh. sounds too close to Rancid. Yeah, it, it doesn't flow off your tongue. It feels like you put a pair of dice in your mouth. It, it's an mm-hmm, awful mm-hmm. feeling. It's terrible. Razor. No, uh, the pizza place I was talking about was uh, Froman's. It's it's literally named after Abe Froman, the sausage sh- king of Chicago. Oh, that's okay. crazy. That's crazy. I was never like a huge John Hughes fan, but I am. Uh, that reference is not lost on me. Yeah, yeah. And their pizza is not bad either. But uh, pr- be prepared to like spend forty dollars on a on a pie. Yeah. That's cool. I'm, I am don't know how big of a tangent we want to get on, but like <laughs> pizza is just never going to be my number one food. I just am not. We just had pizza this weekend and I like I struggle so much with pizza. <laughs> it's like I can never get into it. Fully. You were eating pizza during the intro. <laughs> I know I did the intro with a mouthful of pizza because Birdsong <laughs> dared me to. Um, and it, I dare time, you to you make the pop- up your game. I know and do deep dish next time. I be- yeah, I believe your exact words were "nana nana boo boo." Zachy made a boo boo, and uh, <laughs> you told me that if I didn't do it with a mouthful of pizza, I was a gay wad. And uh, <laughs> I was like, "That seems a little over the line." For and you're like, "What? Uh, I made a kid." Thank you. 
Yeah, exactly. So but, there's um, proof positive. Right well, there. I mean, Elton John did the same thing though. So he did with a woman. Yeah, yeah, he had a wife for a long time. Okay, I mean, Jack's having a hard time. <laughs> He's like, wait, Elton John's gay? Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah, this is news to me. Elton John. I mean. <laughs> Those those sequin outfits, women must love him. Are you kidding? <laughs> when he straddles a piano bench, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. women must lose it. Yeah, they must lose it when they saw that uh, him going out in that Donald Duck costume. It was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into this episode, guys. Let's talk more Seinfeld. Yeah, too much about Seinfeld uh, so far <laughs> in this episode. So we're talking about season five. Um, this is a two-parter. So I'm going to say uh, technically. Um, it's just it, episode 18 or is it just it? episode 18 according to IMDb and that's okay. what we normally go off of guys not the Netflix version Netflix was actually right on this one and I assumed that they were wrong because they've been wrong so many times before sometimes they are they break it up weird like with when it comes to Netflix like I, I don't know what it is maybe it's like a DVD thing too um, who knows oh well uh, I, I tried my very best I misnumbered the episodes anyway uh, <laughs> it's all good my- yeah by my very best, I mean I made an assumption and ran with it. Um, and uh, but yeah, this is another uh, two-parter episode. Um, not sure. Uh, according to IMDb, it was aired all at once, so it was like another hour-long. Like, hey, Seinfeld's an hour this week. Yeah, they I don't think had... it. I don't. Uh, I don't think it works as an hour. I'm not saying this episode is bad, but I don't like it when it's an hour. You know. Yeah. When they have these two-parters, I kind of feel like they're throwing things in and adding things that just get abandoned really quickly, and it's kind of just to fill time. It's almost like uh, sometimes I feel like they have too much in one episode, but not enough to make two separate episodes. So they're like, oh, we'll we'll just, you know, make an extra 15 minutes. And you're like, kind of really needs five or eight more minutes more, though. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this this was not my favorite uh and i think it's two partners go to trip was probably the best one right where they think i hate her and all that stuff but yeah what are your initial thoughts uh lauren like i mean yes it it felt like it was kind of all over the place a little bit like you have a bunch of different storylines going on at once sure and kind of what you said it's like i didn't really see the need for it to be as long as it is Right. Um, it could have been one episode. I, I yeah, yeah, totally. for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's fun, but it's not like a, you know, super crazy episode, not like super pivotal or anything. So it, yeah, I was definitely wondering like, why does this one need to be? Yeah. It's kind of a throwaway long? episode, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, I always, um, <laughs> I love every guest that comes on, obviously Lauren, we don't know each other that well, but, um, I feel like it's, it's so hard to like tell certain like, guests like, oh, you're going to watch the puffy shirt. You're going to watch, you know, the, this really cool episode. And then you tell the other guests like, hey, you're going to watch this episode. That's cool, but not that It's cool. a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. We'll give that one to you. No, I liked it because I don't know. It's nice to watch one that is not like a super iconic, memorable episode. I it's easy it... to talk about those. This is like the real challenge, right? Yeah. You're there you're in moments. the shit right now. You're in the foxholes <laughs> with us, Lauren. We're gonna we're gonna fucking find something to talk about. I mean, it's not as bad as uh, like first season episodes. So yeah, it's definitely way better. But but yeah, like I mean, we'll get ahead of ourselves a little bit. But like the raincoat idea, like that's pretty iconic. Like that's definitely like Seinfeld lore. 
So yeah. I, I wouldn't say this episode. Yeah, we have heard about horrible trench coat before that has definitely come up. Uh, we're revisiting some Del Boca Vista people. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. Um, we have the Costanzas versus Seinfeld. So there's like there's some meat yeah. here. It's just, right. There is. I will say like let's let's get into it. It's it's not that shitty of an episode. No. No, yeah. no. It just I don't know that it needed to be a two parter. Is kind of true. Where I'm true. I'm sitting. Um, so we start off with a little bit of stand up. Um, and uh, it's uh, people need social training. Like people don't know how to handshake. Right. Well, uh, this is a, a bit that he could probably bring back now that COVID's around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, if this isn't already on one of his specials, this felt really worked to me. I don't think it is a special. I don't think it is on a special, but I definitely could see him doing it in the clubs for sure. Yeah. Like when he talks about like, the hard handshake, pull you in, close talker. That's three strikes you're out. It just felt mm-hmm. like so, so hammered out, you know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like he was describing Trump's handshake. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that whole opening, like the stand-up was so relevant. I was like, "What's happening?" Oh, birdsong, conspiracy theory. Do you think yeah. Seinfeld <laughs> is Emmanuel Macron? Is that what you're trying to tell us right now? Yes, he's describing wow. Trump's handshake of like. The strong, like too firm a grip, pull you in close. I was like, this is Trump. <laughs> I will say, um, there is a big conspiracy I've seen on Reddit, uh, Seinfeld threads that say that uh, he's a secret uh, Trump supporter. I mean, it's not like Trump wasn't around back then. Yeah, I mean, is any rich white guy supporting Trump like a conspiracy theory? Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I'm, I'm breaking barriers. I'm breaking paradigms here, guys. It's. <laughs> Yeah. It's him and Scott Bayo. Those are the two dudes. <laughs> Even Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, "No, oh, that's the Republican for me." And uh, <laughs> you guys miss Arnold and Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions, right? I mean, yes, I <laughs> miss him as the governor too. Aren't done to I death. Um, <laughs> love him as the governor of California. So. <laughs> Good. So, um, so after the standup, we uh, sh- we show up at Monks. Uh, Jerry and George are hanging out. Uh, they're talking about how. Uh, Jerry hasn't gotten laid in three days, and it's he says that he's getting his whole world up, which is like mm, not uh, not a savory way to talk about this it's again. Like this is a big through line throughout this uh, podcast about how much Jerry is just like writing him, like just getting laid. Like his whole character is just about getting laid, basically. Um, yeah, and it's like you almost want to like say like nah man it's about other stuff and then every single time you watch an episode you're like god damn it jerry you fucking proven me right again yeah he's just like i'm a 24-hour fuck machine and if i don't get enough i don't i can't live with myself um the weird thing is too is i never really saw this as a child like like you were saying earlier lauren like how you watch it as a like i was just yeah like watching kramer fall and stuff going like hey that's awesome but i was never going like Man, that guy Jerry has a lot of girlfriends. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's always his conflict, like in his storyline. Like, how is Jerry gonna get, you know, with this woman he's seeing? It's always a different woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then he's always leaving them for some very trivial reason. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and um, yeah, so they're talking about that. They're also uh talking about like bald aliens and how like aliens would come down. And, and treat bald men like better because they look more like them <laughs> yeah so this is i'm guessing this is based off of that really popular 90s artwork alien the one with the like 
you know, turnip shaped head and the big, big eyes. So uh, we also have, um, we introduced the concept of Jerry's girlfriend, Rachel, who right. uh, he hasn't seen in three weeks. Like he was on the road, she was away and now his parents are visiting in town. So they're kind of cock blocking him. Um, and while they're at uh, breakfast or lunch at Monk's, um, this guy, Alec, walks up and he's like, hey, would you guys like to be a part of the Big Brother program? And he he has mm-hmm. this kid that he is very like clearly like handed a script to who's like, please, sir, wouldn't you like to help a young child like me? And um, yeah. I mean, all we needed was like Sarah McLaughlin, like singing in the background. <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't she adopt this kid? That's what I want. <laughs> you know, uh, one time I tried to be a big brother in my late 20s and um, they wouldn't take me. I didn't make enough money. Mm-hmm. It's said, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, they were they were literally like, oh, that's going to like because they were expecting me to like take the kid on like, you know, play dates and like, you know, spend money and shit on them. And they're like, well, the amount of money that you make per month, like it, it really feels like we're going to like cut into your budget and you're not going to really have enough funds to like take the kid out and stuff and i'm like they were yeah, like right. Carol, would you like to be a little brother for somebody who makes more money than you do this is why your kids are in foster care man like yeah you know but you know i fully believe that that's being the best parent you can be sometimes being the best parent is saying i'm not going to be involved right 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 like learning to be the bigger man and saying like you know what you take care of them yeah oh god bird song are you you just like getting done with therapy or something are you just brings it out you know uh, you know statistically speaking uh children uh are way more successful uh with uh adoptive parents than their uh birth parents mm. that makes sense it's because their adoptive parents can figure out how to use condoms hi-oh oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you need at least a job to like adopt a kid. Like you don't need a job to just have a kid. Yeah. You're like vetted. (laughs) There's no vetting process for having a baby. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, yeah. Going back to Joey, he's, uh, you know, putting on the uh, sympathy thick. Uh, George kind of feels like he's like cornered into like, I guess I have to say yes, even though I don't really want to say yes. Yeah. So then as Jerry and George are um, walking down the street, George hatches this plot that he's mm-hmm. going to get um, Jerry's parents who are going to France in three days to send out these postcards from France that are from him with right. French stamps that, Oh my God, I was imagining, what a, what a plan. To, I was imagining trying to explain this to an elderly person. <laughs> like, like I was a ima- like my mom just figured out how to use memojis and like it took fucking hours to get her there, dog. Like I, <laughs> I do not know how you think. Like, oh, your septuagenarian parents—they're not gonna fuck up this postcard scheme that I'm trying to run. Yeah, they Terrible. seem very confident that they could make this happen. Yeah, my mom literally speaking of emojis when she first started using emojis, she kept sending me the eggplant emoji, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, isn't that what the kids do to say thumbs up? Like, isn't it a thumbs up? And I'm like, it, it is something, not a thumb. up, something <laughs> way up. Yeah, mom. Uh, Think of another digit, mom. She's sending you like the peach with the water drops. And she's, yeah. like, <laughs> she's like, I'm thirsty. Don't you want peaches? I'm like, no, mom, not from you. <laughs> <laughs> 
also wonder like George would not have any storylines in any episode if he could learn how to um assert his boundaries and say yes. no yes <laughs> like, I agree I like agree. I will spend all of this time and energy concocting a plan involving my friend's parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than just saying no thanks it's so all, true. like he's so all different. four of them do that mm-hmm. yeah he's so desperate not to get caught in this lie and like lower his status with one person that he's like lowering his status with every single other person who knows him mm-hmm. wild yeah i mean every character has multiple episodes where like it could have been wrapped up in 10 minutes if they just had an adult conversation with somebody <laughs> like, instead though they're like no i will make this elaborate scheme so i don't have to have that conversation <laughs> yeah so it's i don't know it's it's friggin' silly so then we're um we're talking we're uh at jerry's apartment now jerry's parents are there um and uh George is walking them through this whole postcard scam, telling right. them he's going to reimburse them for stamps. Um, and uh, Jerry's mom tells Jerry, like, hey, have you seen Schindler's List yet? You nice got a topical see. moment. Yeah. Yeah. This, this feels like just dead center 9394. Yeah. This is a best picture nominee in 94, by the way. Mm-hmm. It went up against a Pulp Fiction. Did it not win? I thought it won. I think it did. It did, yeah. Uh, Pulp Fiction got snubbed. Yeah. It won for best original screenplay, though. Right, right. But not best picture. Yeah, well. I mean, Pulp Fiction is probably the more enduring movie, but Schindler's List is a very impactful movie. I don't know if I'd ever want to watch it again. It's one of those movies, like, it's an important, like, I love watching it, but yeah, you're like, I don't want to watch this ever again. Yeah. I, don't I like mean, it, it like it really helps set the mood. Yeah, you know when you're trying to entertain. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Wow, Birdsong, are you on that uh, Jerry Seinfeld tip where you're like, mm. Schindler's List got me a little hot under the collar. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, then we have a uh, Kramer showing up, and then uh, he's asking for some lotion. <laughs> lotion. Some more, some more, more lotion. Yeah. Oh man. He, he just has such an addictive personality. I was surprised. I made a note of this because I assumed it was going to come back later in the episode, but it never did. Mm -hmm. I I just pictured uh, Kramer, like just getting like super cracked out and being in an alleyway and being like, come on, man, give me some hand lotion. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. (laughs) Never came to fruition. Little tidbit though, to see like, it's such a great little gem to see his relationship with jerry's mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he is just as comfortable with the seinfelds as he is with jerry and that's mm-hmm. kind of a interesting distinction to make yeah and they're comfortable with him the costanzas love him too like everybody loves kramer right yeah yeah it, i mean i love kramer so then he also like starts talking about how he got these like new pants uh from this uh vintage store called rudy's and um you know obviously morty's like what you got those pants i've got tons of clothes Mm -hmm. uh it makes so much sense to me that kramer is a thrifter that's of course that's like the most reasonable thing i've ever heard my whole life honestly i think also in the 90s especially like i remember 
in high school and junior high, like everybody was going to thrift shops, like, or vintage shops. Like that was the, like you only got cool stuff from those places. That was like a very high school thing. It definitely was like a big deal when I was in high school in the mid two thousands too. Um, And then I don't know, eventually you just sort of like grow up and you're like, maybe I'll buy clothes that fit. Mm -hmm. Like, I know at least with me, it was like that whole like normcore thing was like huge. Like, you know, bands like Weezer and like uh, the grunge scene kind of came on big. So everybody was like, oh, wow. Like you have a sweater that your grandpa used to wear. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. That's I think of it as like indie, but like, yeah, everyone was like, yeah, man, just like express yourself, spend less money, get like your grandpa's bowling shirt, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I don't know. Now I just buy the clothes that I want and I pay whatever they cost. (laughs) Wow. That must be so nice. Yeah. Humble brag. Yeah. uh, I also just drive your privilege. Not everybody Uh, can buy cool vintage shirts on Amazon. All right. We can't all be big brothers, big sisters. Hey, look, I don't, I don't go on Amazon. My butler does that for me. (laughs) Your personal shopper. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, totally. You guys, you guys know how I roll um, with my platinum boxers um and so 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 yeah then they're talking about uh possibly getting together the costanzas and the uh uh, seinfelds and then like uh they kind of leave it open like you know george is like how about you hang out here this time or this time and they're like maybe i don't know we'll see i don't know maybe yeah possibly and then george leaves and he's like all right okay and then jerry's like what do you have what plans do you have and they're like no we just hate the costanzas right Right. I am shocked that more people don't have this stance in the show. <laughs> they do. We just don't hear about it, right? Like we're already in season five and we're just now finding out that the Seinfelds do not care for the Costanzas. Well, right. and- I think it's also like it's it's kind of been said though earlier. Like I feel like not not this much expressed, but like um I think uh George or Jerry's mom has mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And um, I feel like we just met, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Daryl, but we just met Frank either this season or late last season. So yeah, yeah, definitely this season. Establishing George's uh, actual parents as actors, like it's, it's just that much more apparent, like how irritating these people are. <laughs> right. But obviously we're maybe jumping ahead, but like the Costanzas are great in this episode. Like, of course, yeah. like oh you, you can totally understand like, yeah, I can find that annoying. I could see that a very, very annoying. Yeah. RIP Estelle Harris. Oh, right. She just oh, passed yeah. died last night. Yeah. Uh, uh, from this recording guys. Yeah. Estelle Harris no longer with us. Yeah. She was great in this episode. Very good. Always very good in this episode what uh jerry stiller too rest in peace what a um what a shrill and piercing voice uh, mm-hmm. she will be missed uh mm-hmm. um so then yeah after that exchange of the uh they hate the costanzas uh we get elaine showing up and uh we quickly realize that uh, she's got a new boyfriend this played, is Aaron. Yeah, yeah played by uh the ever famous and popular judge reinhold yeah this was like pretty big get yeah i feel like this guy's a pretty big star at this point yeah i want to say this is just aside from the whole judge reinhold thing which we'll talk about a little bit in a second given how much they teased 
Jerry's girlfriend, Rachel, before she showed up, mm-hmm. when Elaine's boyfriend was Judge Reinhold, I thought that Jerry's girlfriend was going to be like kind of a big deal, too. Like, well, um, Mel- Melanie Smith, who plays Rachel, uh, she was actually a pretty big, too. I wouldn't say as big as Judge Reinhold, but she was uh, very popular on uh, Star Trek, bringing it back okay. to sci-fi. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, Deep Space Nine and uh, Voyager and a bunch of shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Trekkie. So I guess it was just kind of lost on me, (laughs) but I was, I was seriously like, cause we've already had Courtney Cox dating Jerry this season. So I was like, holy shit. Are we about to get like fucking Jennifer Aniston up in this bitch? (laughs) (laughs) So, but getting back to Aaron, Judge Reinhold, his Mm -hmm. deal is he is like super duper extra positive and he's a close talker. Yes. I do I do feel like they're trying to do this. It's another Seinfeldism. One thing about one person is just gonna be like that red flag or deal breaker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's um I think it'd be one thing if it were like a person that was Jerry's height, but because Mm -hmm. it's just Reinhold and he's like over six feet tall, it's very imposing. Like he (laughs) sort of envelops the people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he he catches Kramer off guard, like Kramer's pretty tall, and Kramer, you know, hits the floor. So definitely, <laughs> it's too close. <laughs> but also, it's like tall. you know, any any reason for uh, Michael Richards to like you know do a pratfall, he's yeah. gonna take it. Oh yeah, he's gonna eat it up. So um, he's he's like so super duper extra positive, and he's like, "Hi, it's so great to meet you." Ah, and then like he gets like instantaneously gets this obsession with the Seinfelds. Mm-hmm. Um, right. The elder Seinfelds. Um, I mean, so he, he says, I know this guy that works at the Met. I can get you this behind the scenes tour. And like, you can get like, you know, inches away from the paintings and blah, blah, blah. And um, they're like, well, we're not doing anything tonight because fuck the Costanza. So yeah. We'll <laughs> you know? um, yeah. Um, any any thoughts on his whole obsession with the Seinfelds? Right. It does seem weird that he doesn't really want to like hang out with Elaine. Um, but also like, why doesn't Elaine go with them? Like, why does she just like, well, I guess okay, see you later. Like, why? <laughs> see, this is another one of those things where I'm like, what's the problem? It seems fun. Like they are the ones who wanted to go. They are the ones who are interested. I would go, I'd be down. Like, what's the totally. problem? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe it's just the uh, the level of obsession that uh, he's he's exhibiting towards. She that. just thinks that she, he's too nice. It's like there's something like, is he secretly a serial killer or something? Like, why is he like trying to be so nice? And you're like, maybe this is that like uh, you know New York cynicism mm-hmm. where people are like, ah man, he's too nice. I don't I don't trust him. Close talking is fine, but hanging mm-hmm. out with Jerry's parents that's 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 the line yeah and, uh, and it's not really like you know explicitly like said in prior episodes like that elaine hates his parents or like oh man i can't stand over anything it's like no she's indifferent at best i never never got that impression uh during the episode i think it is but i would note that if you were like more interested in hanging out with my parents than you were with hmm. me as someone that's dating me i would have i would be weirded out by that sure yeah. Be like, and the fact that he didn't really extend the invitation, like mm-hmm. he didn't say, "Okay, cool, like I can get you tickets." Elaine, do you want to go? They just left. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, I'd be a little put off by that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does he? I'm, you want to be the Seinfeld? 
<laughs> maybe he just like is envious he didn't have parents like you know maybe he's an orphan or something too yeah he was maybe like a foster child you know? yeah maybe one of daryl's children one of <laughs> they should have like made a tie-in where like you know uh judge reinhold character uh was like you know uh, an adoptive or like you know in the big brother system like oh i used to be like a kid in the big brother now i'm gonna like yes. you know, help joey or whatever mm-hmm. that would be a good a good connection yeah i would oh I would well. that. so then we have um we're at the costanzas george is telling his parents uh that the seinfelds are not coming over for dinner uh and the you know costanzas are just you know <laughs> really being like talking about this paella mm-hmm. they keep talking about this paella um I've actually, I know what paella is, but I've never had it. Do we have paella opinions that... uh, It's really good. I I love it. Yeah. You would have gone to have have some. (laughs) I would have to try fucking paella because I've never had it. So. And then your significant other would be like, why are you obsessed? (laughs) (laughs) Look at Stanza's. We're hanging out with these old people. Yeah, paella is basically like, you know, uh, Spanish gumbo. Yeah, like jambalaya. Okay. A lot of seafood, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a um, a paella place over here uh, near our house, uh, Zach, that used to have an open mic. Our house that we that we share together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's only one house in our city. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very crowded house. Um, <laughs> none of Daryl's kids can live here. There's not enough space for them. Um, and- right. So after the uh, Costandas, uh, we have uh, we cut back to Jerry's apartment. And we're hanging out with uh, the parents after the museum. Um, they're talking about how uh, Monet is uh, just a person that was excited. painting without glasses. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like such an old fart thing to, mm. to argue about. <laughs> I could so picture my grandpa saying some shit like this, you know? I agree, too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had like, you know, grandparents or like, you know, my dad, especially like he'll go to like museums and like half the stuff he'd be like, I could do that. Oh, what? And you're like, yeah, but you didn't do it, dad. Right, that's like, <laughs> Marcel Duchamp did it first, dad. That's why he's famous and you're not. <laughs> the urinal, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, like, he will hold, like, you know, evil Knievel in, like, way more regard. Like, oh, man, I couldn't jump, like, 15 buses, though. <laughs> man, when did evil Knievel, it feels like a deep pull, but, like, I just, how long ago did that guy die? Uh, Probably early 90s. Yeah. He has a son. Uh, It's evil Knievel Jr., or it's Robbie Knievel, actually. Bo evil Knievel? <laughs> yeah, it's the faux evil. Yeah. It evil can evil, and he just he just jumps things on a horse. And he, <laughs> yeah. Jousting, yeah, jousting is pretty badass. There's uh, yeah, I don't know if y'all saw that last joust, um, but jousting is pretty gnarly. Um, so so like yeah, they're talking about how the the museum was cool. Then uh, Rachel called um or calls um Jerry's like quickly covers his lap with a pillow so that he can hide his boner um and, uh, like no they're back god damn it yep yep uh kramer shows up to the phone <laughs> rachel <laughs> this like on her answering machine i'm just imagining her coming home 
<laughs> and obviously, like not playing it cool in this episode. At no. all. <laughs> I understand this is a sitcom too, but um, literally at this stage at Jerry's career, he's probably a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, like, why don't you just rent a hotel? Why don't you just get a place? Like, <laughs> why that was like so crazy to me. Get a fucking hotel, motel, whatever. Like, no judgment. That would be like, far too easy and simple. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm gonna get a handy in Chinner's list instead. That's that's the <laughs> <problem>. <laughs> I could I could have jizzed more. I could have jizzed more. Uh, I mean, no joke. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, you know, I got head at the Titanic movie. So wow, it's pretty dope. Pretty sweet. <laughs> I think mine Don't was like Big go. Mama's house. That's when you hooked up. Yeah, Big Mama's house. That was <laughs> Something about Martin Lawrence. <laughs> I was just putting you in the mood. I didn't. Let's do it. I don't think I ever did anything that involved a zipper at a movie. I think I only ever made out during mm, movies. Right. Did you Not see even... Chandler's List in theaters? Oh, right. Oh, um, that is like the most notorious horn dog film to see. Dude, yeah, you could have totally like felt the boob on at least. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm really, really sad that I was <laughs> only eight when this movie came out. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, getting back to uh, this episode, we get uh, Kramer showing up. He's in the uh, trench coat. Morty's all like, dude, that's like a trench coat that I used to make. That's the executive. executive. The executive, yeah. The famous beltless trench coat that Morty Seinfeld has been bragging about for for decades, apparently. But yes. even within, you know, the, uh, the lineage of the show, he's mentioned this numerous times, numerous <laughs> episodes. The belt. And- this is the first time we see it. In this episode, this is the first time. Yes, yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I would wear this. Coat. Yeah, I think this is is legit. If I was in need of a trench coat, I've never been a big fan of the like whole like uh like you know bathrobe sash on mm. a on a jacket. That looks a little flimsy and silly to me. Well, clearly, yeah. you've never exposed yourself in public. Um, that's where you're wrong, Daryl. I just. <laughs> I just I just wear a kilt like a real man, okay? I get it. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, like I, I guess like yeah, living in California, there's not a lot of times where you're like, oh yeah, a trench coat that that'll work. I should wear that. I bought a pea coat when I thought I was going to move to San Francisco at some point, where you know pea coats are pretty acceptable. Sure. Um, right. And, uh, I never wound up moving to San Francisco and I've worn that peacoat like two times. <laughs> two times on two foggy nights and like it just doesn't come up in LA. Right. It's probably two times more than I would wear it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. LA people would be like, oh, it's foggy out? No, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm home. just going to stay indoors. <laughs> Such spoiled little weather bitches. Um, so uh, Kramer is like, yeah, I, I paid a pretty penny for this coat. And then Morty's like, hey, I got a whole uh, cellar full of those nice trench coats. Uh, why don't we, you know, bingo, bango, sell them to the guy. I'll give you, and Kramer's like, well, if you give me 25%, I'll do all the legwork. Uh, and Morty's like, all right, let's hook it up. I'll call Jack Klompus, which is, oh my God, I didn't think we were going to get to see Jack Klompus again, but motherfucker, he is back and it is glorious. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the character actor, uh, I forget his name, but he's he's really good. Um, yeah, Jack Klompus is um coming back from that pen episode. He does bring up the pen later. Yes, yes, we'll get there. Um, and their dynamic is just as um, crotchety as it ever was, and I really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> um, so then after that deal uh, is made, we uh, cut to Monks, and uh, George is uh, basically saying, like, hey, uh, I would love to be uh, Joey's big brother, but I'm going to Paris. Can't really do that. And then Alec, of course, says, oh, my God, talk about fucking serendipity, bro. We've been trying to reunite Joey with his father, uh, and his father just so happens to live in gay Perry. Uh, and he, Joey doesn't like most people, but he seems to like you, you weaselly bald fuck. Uh, so would you mind taking him on an airplane, a boy that you met for exactly two minutes? Um, totally all sounds is, legal, sounds normal. Right. <laughs> I know this might be a little nitpicky, but like, if this is the case where like Joey's dad was from Paris or whatever, like shouldn't Joey have like a French accent? Shouldn't he like sound like fucking like Pepe Le Pew or something? Like, yeah. We don't know when they were, when, when they stopped having contact, right? Like hmm. what, what if Joey's mother was a New York woman? I was going to say whore, but even just <laughs> yeah, like, that was like was New York. Um, a lady of the evening. Yeah. A, a classy escort. Mm, okay. uh, you know, right like a four diamond escort yeah snifter of brandy uh you know all the way uh mink pelt all that um and uh you know he could have he could have just you know planted a seed while he was in new york city one night uh and then his heroin addiction took him back to paris um mm, right well, yeah who knows who knows but he's definitely out of the picture um it would be cool though to see like the next scene with Joey, like he's wearing like a beret and he's smoking a cigarette and he's just like, "Oh, hey, George Costanza, you gonna take me to Patty? He's making all these these references to like theater of the absurd playwrights. He's like, "Eugene, let's go!" This is the filler content that the two parters need. Yes, right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we explored Joey's backstory a little. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Make one reference to Jean-Paul Sartre, and I am so upset. I'm so bad. Yeah. <laughs> His dad is like the famous uh, French mime like Marceau Marceau. <laughs> <laughs> if he had just said Charlemagne, I would have at least been able to live with myself, but right. nothing. Joey's like, my favorite comedian is uh jerry lewis oh yeah they like oh yeah you must be french you totally must be french (laughs) yeah what what's the deal with that why do they love him so much who knows they really i think it's because he's he's kind of like the uh you know kramer of uh the comedy world sure they also um i went to paris disneyland and chip and dale are a huge fucking deal at paris disneyland wow like they're the most they're like <laughs> as popular as mickey it's wild well, probably why his dad still lives in paris like i'm not mm. leaving this mm-hmm. for what it's like hey, yeah. mm-hmm. the waffles at paris mm-hmm. disneyland oh, 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 oh they're so good. <laughs> maybe paris doesn't have any like indigenous chipmunks they're like we don't know what a chipmunk is <laughs> What are these crazy furry creatures? We, we have tons of rats. We know what Mickey is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So after that exchange, uh, we have um, Joey. Yeah. 
the whole uh, Aaron and Elaine, they're they're in bed now. They're um, you know talking about how uh, he was taking the, the Seinfelds to the museum, having a great time. And Aaron and, um, just like is basically like laying back and sighing, thinking about how much he loves Jerry's parents. It's so yes. weird. Yes. And she's definitely like, what the fuck? Like, why are you like so into them? Also, um, I love that the costume designer um, basically gave her a real like negligee instead of like uh, some Laura Ingalls Wilder like nightgown. <laughs> Normally she's wearing like something from like Downton Abbey, like is up to the like collar or neck or something like but this actually like was like, oh, yeah, I can see a real woman wearing this in the 90s. Yeah, this was not an 18th century dressing gown. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, she doesn't have a chamber pot next to her. <laughs> I think it's also crazy that she's like, uh, hey, are we going to fuck? And he's like, oh, man, that Morty. He was just convinced that Monet was near <laughs> What a rascal. <laughs> it's like, so <laughs> I'm so unsettled by Judge Reinhold's character in this episode. Yeah. I cannot begin to like that. Lauren, I don't, I don't want to presume anything, but uh, has a guy wanted to talk about old people instead of having sex with you? Always, ever, always, and it's not a joke. Yes, but you know what? I, I like to investigate. Let's see where we can take it. You know, like right. if, if you can be turned on by Schindler's List, then you can Maybe. find something. Maybe you, you know, you start incorporating uh, where there's originals into foreplay, you know, right. crazy mm-hmm. with it, you know, talk about when this was all orange groves, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what he should have done is like busted out some lotion and said like, Hey, uh, Mrs. Seinfeld gave me this. Why don't we like get into <laughs> some really cool shit See, and more great filler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's clearly a weird freak with weird sexual preferences that involve jerry's parents um and then we move on to um kramer and jerry and the seinfelds uh and uh uh <laughs> morty talks about how he got the idea for the executive which right. was he took off his belt to threaten jerry <laughs> right like i came up with the idea through corporal punishment yeah but i was about to abuse my son and i thought well there's a handsome fella <laughs> wait a second well he basically was like i can't take my belt off quick enough there needs to be a better way mm-hmm. just have it hanging by the door instead of on your coat you just yeah that's why you have a second belt for beating children <laughs> uh, right. right you have your going out belt and your beating belt yeah exactly i mean just that's been crosby you know what i mean <laughs> oh so uh yeah so he was talking about how he came up with the coat uh not quite a good origin story for the coat it's a horrific origin story (laughs) it's like maybe that explains a lot about jerry's arrested development though yeah he stopped he stopped developing the first time he got whipped you know something like that like we didn't really know that then right we didn't really know that that was bad mm -hmm. jerry turned out okay yeah (laughs) I mean, in in the sixties, it was definitely more permissible than it was now. But I don't, I don't think it was ever truly cool. To, like, slap your kids around. I don't know. That's not cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then we have this uh, Morty calling Jack Klompus, um, mm-hmm. which is two old dudes trying to explain things to each other. And this feels. This, this is like why the postcard idea would never work because crotchety <laughs> old geezers are just like, what do you mean? I got to jiggle or we don't even get to the hand handle jiggling <laughs> yet. 
but he's just like, why you want me to move these boxes for you? And yeah. It's a little bit of a tall order, but I don't feel like it's a, you know, if, if you asked me to do this, Zach, I wouldn't be like, uh, what? Well, if I was going to make a lot of money off of something and you did me like a huge favor, I assume I would at least like take you out to a nice dinner or something. Right. Yeah. Kick me down a, a, a coat or two. Yeah. Something, something, but you know, there's, just very like yeah i'll reimburse you later like you know there's a key under the mat you know and i don't yeah it is kind of a tall order too because like yeah sending three boxes like overnight express like that's got to be at least a few hundred dollars right at least reimburse the man yeah you know um wire him the money maybe Mm -hmm. um right the fact that he's an elderly man too that would have to carry these boxes and transport them to whatever um, courier service you're going to wind up using. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to ask of, uh, you know, nice Mr. Klompitz. It seems weird too, because at this stage I'd be like, as uh, if I was Morty, I'd be like, well, if I'm giving Kramer 25%, just send him to Kramer. Like, why am I even involved in this? (laughs) Yeah. That was why. Well, okay. So, we do find out later, not to skip too far ahead, that Morty is like enamored with the idea of himself as a wheeler dealer. Right. And he always wants to make more money or, you know, I don't want to say uh, he's Jewish, but uh, he's Jewish. Uh, he is for a fact Jewish, um, <laughs> but that's not, not that it's a bad thing. Hey, Daryl, that's not <laughs> OK. He's very frugal. He likes to, like, you know, get uh, more money than what he uh, paid for. Yeah, I think you could say about Kramer for sure. Yeah. Kramer is always into the deals as well, too. Yep. I like to get more money than than whatever I paid for something. That's not, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be Jewish. Wait, that's how you that's how you swindle things or wheel and deal. Like I thought it was always pay more than uh, what you ever spent on it. Yeah, no, I like to lose money on deals. Yeah, that's yeah. my whole thing because I'm white. Uh, no, so. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So we get we get all that business. Then we're back with the Costanzas, uh, and the Costanzas have this idea of like they should take a cruise. You know, right? They're they're upset that um, that the Seinfelds don't like them. Um, and then uh, Estelle says, "Hey, were you rooting around in the attic last night, George? What were you doing up there?" And then uh, Frank says, "It must be a mouse." I will not tolerate infestation, which is just so fucking money. Right. And he's automatically like, let's move. We're out. It's like, I can't live knowing that there are vermin in my house. It's so random. Where does this come from? Oh, my God. And George is like, you haven't even seen a mouse yet. Yeah. (laughs) So then we cut immediately to the scene where George is selling his dad's clothes. Um, Right. Uh, at Rudy's. Um, Rudy is a very famous character actor. I want to say that I right. recognize him from like Billy Madison or something. He's been in everything. His name is Mike Haggerty. Mm-hmm. Um, very big character actor. Mm-hmm. Very, very physically uh, imposing character actor too. Right. So sometimes he plays like bouncers and stuff. But yeah, definitely seen him more than once. Um, and so uh, George is like, oh, these are my dead dad's clothes and that gonna miss him so much i don't know why i held on to them for so long and then rudy's like i'll give you 200 bucks george is like would you give me 225 that was a high score in bowling and um rudy's like yeah fuck it whatever um why did george need to make up this whole story about his dad 
being dead to sell these clothes. That's, it makes him feel important. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it's like, also uh, Kramer was saying something about like he only buys clothes from like dead people or something like that. Yeah, that sounds yeah and george does like he tells george like you know when he was telling him about rudy's he was initially like oh yeah man they like buy all these clothes it's really cool but you have to like you know he was all talking about like how it's all widows that are like selling their clothes and shit yeah he says this thing where like oh what happens if the if the wife dies first and then he's like well i guess the kids sell them right like, well i guess they do and george you know gets this uh idea for um this is his second scheme of the episode, which I think is like indicative of our note at the top that like this episode feels a little fractured. Mm-hmm. Definitely feels a little fractured. Um, and so he, you know, he wheels and deals with the guy. He gets his $225. And then um, Kramer comes in and uh, Kramer lets loose that um, he had dinner with the Seinfelds the previous night when they were supposed to come over to, uh, to the Costanzas, or they were invited to come over to the Costanzas, but they said they had plans. And so George is like incensed. He's like, oh my God, I knew those lying Seinfelds were lying to my face. Um, and uh, also Kramer is talking about how he's going to sell, you know, boatloads of the executive to Root. Right. And then uh, we, we cut back to uh, Jerry and George hanging out at the apartment. And then they're basically talking about how, like, um, you know, he kind of confronts them about, like, what the fuck is up with your parents? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I, my parents had paella. And uh, Jerry, Jerry kind of just is like, yeah, well, you know, they're kind of shitty people. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If, if your parents were George's parents, Daryl, and you were like, how come your mom doesn't want to hang out with my parents? I'd right. probably just be like, do you want to hang out with your parents? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's this interesting, like um, sort of uh, camaraderie among the Costanzas where it's like, they all despise each other, but the second someone is their enemy, they're united against them. How dare they not like us? Right. You know I mean? I get it. It's it's definitely like a, a an old person thing. I I think where you know it's you just want everybody to like you, and then as soon as they don't, you're like, wait, what? How come they don't like me? Yeah, mm-hmm. which is funny because like especially toward the beginning of the episode when they're you know thinking of all these different reasons why the Seinfelds might not want to come over for dinner. On the surface, that conversation feels a little like neurotic and narcissistic, but at the same time, like they're right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're those people, can't you kind of sense that you're very irritable and irritating? And just... I don't think they can. Also, how many times is the word paella said in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> they just fell in love with that word in the writers' room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm they must have had it in the writer's room at some point. Like, Hey, we're going to go get paella. They're like, paella. What the fuck is that? And then they had like a 50 minute conversation. They're like, we got to put this in an episode. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. So uh, another thing that uh, rattles out in this conversation is uh, George (laughs) asked if uh, Jerry's parents would be willing to take Joey to Paris with them. (laughs) Totally logical. Mm Mm-hmm on anyone who will take him 
like I'm not convinced that these people are going to be able to pull off the postcard scheme and he's like I'm going to give them a live child <laughs> makes sense <laughs> God. oh so then after that we cut back to Elaine and she's at work she's hanging out uh, with like a co-worker they're talking about fucking the new boyfriend yeah and how great he is and so then like uh, right at that moment, Aaron comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm taking you to my fair lady. And guess what? I'm bringing these two rascals. And um, it's the Seinfelds. Um, mm-hmm. and Elaine is kind of like, you're bringing them on our date? And he's like, yeah, I wrestled up two extra tickets to my fair lady. We got these these geezers all night. Um, so the, the four of them proceed to go <laughs> to see my fair lady. And then they have... It's like a big montage of, and we don't, I don't really see a lot of montages in Seinfeld. Yeah, it was, it was actually interesting. So they go see the musical, then we see them eating out and then we see them uh, taking a, a carriage ride, I guess, through Central Park or maybe just yeah. around uh, and drinking champagne together, having the best time of Aaron's life, which he's totally going to masturbate to alone later. Uh, and then George sees them all out and he's like, motherfucking Seinfeld. I goddamn knew it. <laughs> Snubbing us again. Um, I mean, it does seem like a fun night. Like I would go see my fair lady and go on a carriage ride and all that. That would, yeah, that would be sure. great. Well, I, yeah, I want Aaron to take me out, but I'm just too young for him. <laughs> would you put out on the carriage ride or would you like hold off? No, I'd make him take me on a second date first. Good, good. You you have uh, standards, Zach. I'm glad. That I do. That I do. So, yeah, we have um, that, George spotting them. Uh, and then later we have um, Jerry, and he's with Rachel, and they are um, super-duper horned up, making right. up on the couch. Um, and then uh, the Seinfelds pop back in. Uh, and they're like, we saw Rachel's <laughs> Philbin! And... Uh, Jerry's like, uh, what else did you see? <laughs> do you see my hand under her shirt? Uh, uh, Again, too, like, I'm not trying to nitpick, but, like, when they were out, like, seeing My Fair Lady, like, Jerry and Rachel could have fucked four times during hey, that time. You like, have plenty of time. Yeah, there was How plenty long of time. Did I take All day. Musical, carriage ride, like, y'all, time management. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, obviously, like, Jerry doesn't have a job, like, but maybe Rachel does. I don't know, but she might have a job also i'm just yeah it's it's a little hard to believe that they're this bad at you know foreknowledge you yeah. know planning is well maybe jerry's like a very uh sensuous lover and he's like hey if we don't have two hours i'm, I'm not gonna be able to do any of the things i need to do he's he's like the sting of foreplay where he's, yeah he is. just don't believe that <laughs> no i don't <laughs> You know, Lauren, you don't believe uh, Jerry is a sensuous lover? Not at Generous, all. Generous, <laughs> giving, compassionate man. And worried family. about your needs first. I mean, we talked about arrested development. Like, <laughs> that's true. I think we have a pretty good idea. Yeah. I mean, he in previous episodes, he wasn't even aware that he even uh, didn't give Elena orgasm ever. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> He's like, wait, what? You should. It was like, you should have known for a long time, bro. <laughs> And like that's never why he he's not getting laid. No, maybe that's always why he's uh, moving on to new chicks. Where it's like, as soon as they're like, "Wait a minute, I haven't had an orgasm in a week since we've known each other." 
What the fuck? This is why he doesn't get a hotel room. I'm like, we've figured it out. We've cracked Jerry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also, so, I mean, couldn't they just like drive somewhere in his fucking car? I mean, like, just, I, has he yes. forgotten how to be a fucking teenager? Cause yes. this whole episode, we're just mapping on like, oh, my parents are home. Your parents are home. Oh, we can't find a time to be alone. Why doesn't he pull like a fucking Kramer and go like, hey, let me use your apartment for a while, bro. Oh man. That's Can you big. imagine like that would be a whole episode in itself? Yeah. Using Kramer. Kramer's apartment. Kramer walks in and he's like cooking tacos al pastor or some bullshit. And he's like, hey, Jay, you want a taco? Also, can I tap in? You know, and it <laughs> completely changes their relationship, you know? Um, yeah. Hey, Jerry. I don't mind being a cuck. I'm in. Yeah. Jerry, just make eye contact with me. That's kind of my thing. Uh, <laughs> idiot, you know? um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're talking about Regis in the limo. They're having a good time. Um, then they say, like, oh, you should go see Schindler's List. <laughs> so they de- they determine they're going to go see Schindler's List. Also, uh, Jack Klompus calls. He quickly mentions the pen to Jerry, the pen that writes upside down at the astronaut. Mm-hmm. I still got the pen, Jerry. And so and then he's like, yeah, I should have taken it, you fucking old windbag. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Morty and uh, Jack Klompus, uh, Jack is like, I can't get into the garage. I tried the key. And Mort's doing this whole, you got to pull while you jiggle. You got to push in and then pull out and jiggle it. And it's, why don't people yeah. just buy new locks for their fucking door? <laughs> if you have to explain more than just like turn the lock and get the fuck in, then yeah, not an effective lock, dude. So after that, we, uh, we, yeah, are at the Costanzas again. Um, they're kind of figuring out the lying is like, you know, that uh, the Seinfelds secretly hate them. Yeah. Uh Frank is talking about they're talking about going on this cruise now and Frank is like I can't find my cabana wear, which cabana right. wear feels like such a frankism. <laughs> like right. I don't think cabana wear is an actual genre of clothing. I just think it's a way that Frank Costanza partitions his own clothes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like he went to Tony bah- or Tommy Bahamas one time and that's where he got his cabana wear. Yeah. And so then we uh, rapidly cut to a scene of Rudy burning Frank's moth-riddled clothing. Uh, right. Which we forgot to mention in the thrift shop that there were some very uh, just like comedically uh, <laughs> like proppy looking uh, right. fluttery wing little moths. Right. <laughs> not look real at all. It's just like the one time they asked like the props department like can you do some moths or something? Can you do some really shitty looking moths please? Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it probably just because it's like Hollywood, it's like the guy that like controlled those moths also was like the puppeteer on like uh, Salacious Crumb or something like that. You're like, what? How the fuck? What a resume. Yeah, he he was the original Jabba the Hutt and the moth guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was the left arm of Jabba the Hutt and the moths <laughs> in Seinfeld. That's this is big claim to fame. Yeah, probably. Well, so this is a two-parter. I think we've uh, pretty much covered half the material, uh, and we'll be back on Thursday uh, with Lauren again. Uh, Lauren, would you like to throw out that social media handle so people can follow you? Yeah, uh, Instagram at LA Birdsong, and same thing on Twitter. And yeah, that's where I am. We're, we're, we're working on your theme song here. We're going to pipe it in in post. <laughs> 
we're going to do some post-production for a change. Um, <laughs> and you guys know what you can do with us. Like, comment, subscribe, share, follow us in the show notes, yada, yada, yada. And until next time, please keep it sponge <laughs>